who is he to you? He has a cooking show with Martha Stewart, and he smokes a lot of weed. So sad that that's what people know from him now. (laughs) But like the song Gin and Juice, you've never even heard it. Not until today. It's such a ubiquitous song that it's like almost a joke now. Not like you've never been rolling down the street smoking endo, sipping on gin and juice. No. You've never had your mind on your money and your money on your mind. No. The public school system's really failing us, it seems. It's true. (laughs) I had no rap education. (laughs) Can you name a rap song? Not really. Earlier in the week, we were going over like, well, so Southern rap had more of this kind of thing. Yeah. And we're talking about G-Funk and we're talking about the, the history of that. None of it sunk in. No. <laughs> we're going to have to do a whole episode one day. Hip Hop 101. Okay. Yeah. Well, actually, it would be fun. Yeah, that'd be a fun like mi- like bonus. Yeah. Bonus we'll episode. start there and then later we can go into like just one episode on Wu-Tang and all the Wu-Tang affiliates. Oh, yeah. That'll just be like all Staten Island. Then we do like a Southern episode. We do a Southern G-Funk rap. episode. Sounds good. We'll just do like a whole month, hip hop month. Oh, what month is that? This month. Whoa. We're changing what we're doing. We're going to talk about that. Throw out all your research. It's time to do rap. It's time to do rap. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It sounds so cool. (laughs) (laughs) It's famously what Tupac said when he would grab the mic and he'd step on stage and be like, all right, guys, it's time to do rap. I sound like the like least knowing person in the world. <laughs> well, welcome listeners to another episode of I Love This You Should Too. My name is Indy Randawa and my hip hop loving partner is here with me today. It's Samantha He's Uh Samantha, time to do rap Samantha, <laughs> Let's do that rap. <laughs> How are you, Indy? I'm doing all right. It's very warm in here, it but is. you know what? We're going to trudge on through for we you, the listener. We're going to suffer for our art. Is this art? Yeah. Is that what we're doing? Yeah. I had no idea. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. We uh, we've had kind of a busy week for people who are in quarantine. We've been out and about, enjoying the sun, and uh, now we're settling down to podcasts, and we have a Zoom meeting later. That's quarantine life. Yeah, that's that's the really exciting stuff we do now. Yeah. Having children's birthday parties on Zoom. Exactly. This is kind of one of our shorter episodes that we have every other week where we go through some quarantine streaming picks and we uh, kind of discuss what we're watching this week and then I will introduce our new movie for next week that we'll be watching, um, which Indy doesn't know about yet, so we'll uh, we'll reveal that in a little bit. So I may as well just like jump right in and put my uh, pick forward. My first pick um, is The Great. It's on Amazon Prime Video. So it's a show about Catherine the Great, who was a 18th century Russian ruler um, who overthrew her husband. And it's not historically accurate really at all. Um, it's kind of just a fun play on that story. Um, and there's like more modern things in it. There's um, lots of really great costumes and sets. Um, and uh, it's kind of just a, f- a fun show to watch because it's so 
intricate in its costuming and uh, the story is kind of adjacent to the Catherine the Great story, but it's not um, like super historically accurate. So you don't have to worry about like knowing the backstory of Catherine the Great before you watch it because it's just it's just fun. How many seasons are there so far? Just one, um, but they do leave it open because the end of the season is right before she overthrows uh, her husband, Peter. Oh, so, so you can expect a second season. I feel like there's going to be a second season, and I feel like with all of the um, the like promotion and the hype and everything, I feel like it's going to be really popular and that we will get a second season. So looking through your television watch list on Amazon... About 90-ish percent of them have the words queen or princess in the title. (laughs) Where does this rank on all of your extensive queen and princess watching? Um, I definitely don't think this is for someone who loves history, um, because they do just kind of, they embellish and kind of go off on their own little, like, in their own little world on this. So it, it's definitely not, um like a, an Elizabeth or um, any of those kind of movies where it's very historically accurate and there's like a little bit of embellishment, but it's not really over the top. This one I would probably say is a little bit more like um, like a Gossip Girl kind of thing or um, something very uh, over the top and splashy um, and not super true to the story. A lot of historical like retellings um, – they have like adult actresses, like more mature looking actresses when everyone was like 14 when they were getting married and they were all very, very young. So um, this one stars Elle Fanning and she looks very young and she's supposed to be like 16, 15 or 16 and she definitely could pass for being that young. So that's my first pick. It's available on Amazon Prime Video. Indy, what are you watching this week? So for my first pick, I am going to go over to Netflix, and we are going to talk about the 2018 film Shoplifters. Shoplifters is a Japanese film, and it won the uh, the Palme d'Or at Cannes that year. So it's very well regarded, but didn't really get a big release over here, as a lot of foreign films don't. It was directed by Hirokazu Koreda, and he, I think, has directed five films that were nominated for the Palme d'Or. Oh, so wow. He's, uh, so he's successful. Within like that kind of realm, so still not terribly commercially successful, but very well respected. And this was his first win, and if you're familiar with him, you know that he's done some really good stuff and a lot of uh, more out there cerebral kind of things sometimes like there's this one where the whole premise is that once you die you can only take one memory with you that you can live with through eternity and it's about people trying to figure out what memory to take but this is something that's much more grounded in reality it's about a family who is just trying to kind of make ends meet and they're living well below the poverty line in Japan. And it's a world that we don't often get to see in imported films because I'm sure there's Japanese films that deal with this, but it seems like everything that we see of Japan, you either get the really clean, slick, affluent, futuristic Tokyo, or you get the rural side that we see in Miyazaki movies, maybe, but there isn't much of the in-between. And this explores poverty in the large cities. Oh, wow. So I know we were talking last week about City of God and how I'm really interested in those movies Mm -hmm. about societies that exist on the 
boundaries of like the civilized world and this is definitely one of those so it's reminiscent of that or a parasite has a lot of similarities to this movie as well because it's about these people who are trying to do whatever they can and not going about it in the most scrupulous ways i guess so there is a family and the i guess father figure works in construction but not in the construction part of it he's just kind of like sweeping up things like that there is a grandmother figure who is just trying to collect the social security because her husband i think was in the military or something like that but so she's still getting money because of that but she's not supposed to be living with anyone but of course she has all of these people with her (laughs) uh there's a mother who works at a laundry part-time just just doing people's wash there's another character who we're not always sure who she is but she is working in kind of these i don't want to say sex booths because that makes it sound like people are having sex in it but like kind of like a peep show-esque thing okay she like dances and kind of removes some clothes and and people people watch okay yeah Yeah. in a little small booth kind of thing and then there's a child and a second child comes along and I don't want to give too much away about this movie, of course, but I think one thing that they talk about in the trailers and that comes up very early is they find a child who has come from a abusive home and they take her in and they teach her their ways, which is a lot of theft. They do a lot of shoplifting, especially the children. That's they need shampoo. So they go out and they steal it. And there's kind of a ritual life that goes along with all of this crime. I guess you could call it crime, but it seems like uh, too much of a word when it's just children stealing shampoo. Right. But they're just doing what they need to do. As the movie goes on, you really see how this family came to be. And I think the most important theme about this movie It's not an especially original one, but it's something that they deal with really well. And it's about, like, what is your family? Is your family your biological parents? Is your family this community that's adopted you? Is it whoever you're spending the most time with? And they talk about that a lot. And it's a heartbreaking movie in a lot of ways, but without going into the overly sentimental I feel like there's a lot of movies that would deal with stuff like this that it's more just anguish porn about like, look how sad these people are. They're losing everything. And I don't feel it goes that far, but it is a a bit of a heavier movie because of a lot of the subject matter and where these people live and their day-to-day lives. But it never felt so oppressive. There are moments of hope. There are great performances that bring a lot of lightness and life to it. Specifically in uh, one of the characters, there's a a young boy who's really good at it, and he's always really fun to watch. (laughs) This does sound kind of like Parasite. Yeah, a lot of it. Like the struggling family doing whatever they have to do to stay together and survive. But while Parasite seems to build to this inevitable climax, if you've seen it, you know where it goes. But I guess without spoiling it, I could say it's a constant build to something that just explodes. Mm -hmm. This movie, however, is made up of many small moments, small glances between people, little things that happen. And there are some revelations that occur later, but there's nothing more cinematically dramatic than a foot chase at one point. It's even directed in a very subtle way. A lot of the moments take place in a small, cluttered home. It's a subtle movie, and it's not about those big things. It's about all these 
little moments that make up the lives of these characters. It's really intimate in that way, and I think it's very effective for what they're doing because it's not really about this big overarching plot. It's about these characters Mm. and how they came to be together and the love that they have for each other. Hmm. It sounds nice. Maybe I'm sound making it sound too nice because it's it's harsh in oh, a lot okay. of ways too. It's not necessarily a feel good movie, right? But there are those moments there too, and I think it's it's a balanced movie in that way. The light is balanced with the dark and the heavy. Yeah, so you can go check it out. It's available on Netflix right now. The movie is called Shoplifters, and it's really about families. Families not being necessarily the people that you were born with, but the people you find in your times of need. Oh, that's nice. It is. Go check it out. Where can you watch that? Netflix? On Netflix. Okay, cool. Well, that sounds like a good movie for a quarantine night in. Is that what you're going to watch tonight? No. Too many subtitles. Too many subtitles. Um, I can't do subtitles when I'm tired. That's That's fair. That's just not, not good at reading when I'm tired. What else do you have today? So I'm kind of keeping in the same theme of that um, escapist, really over-the-top, splashy, ridiculous kind of show. Um, And I am going to recommend the show on Netflix called Dynasty. Dynasty? So not... I believe, like, my older sisters and stuff watched this. Way back when. So it's a modernized retelling of the 1980s soap opera dynasty. So it's very modern. The clothing is incredible. And it's just as over the top and ridiculous as a soap opera is. There's secret brothers. There's fathers going away and being charged with murder. There's women trying to get to the top of the business world and their secret lovers and stepmothers secret brothers are just as ridiculous as women being successful (laughs) i'm not saying that that's ridiculous it's just it's parts of the show um they're two stepmothers with the same name and it's uh it's all very uh ridiculous almost but they do it in such a like a fun way that it never seems like oh my god are you kidding me this is like we're adding another layer to this it's just it's kind of fun escapist um ridiculousness has this show been going on for a while i feel like i heard about it a while ago so it's from 2017 um it's a cw show and uh the newest season was just released on netflix season three um, and I do believe that they have plans for a fourth season, but I think the pandemic might have kind of sidelined those. Um, but I really enjoy the fact that they have like a musical episode every season because um, the one of the lead actresses um, is a really good singer. And uh, Elizabeth Gillies is her name. She plays Fallon Carrington, the daughter of the billionaire uh Blake Carrington um so it's uh it's a fun show and people get amnesia just like on soap operas and you know long lost brothers come back and people pretend to be you know family members to gain money and influence with the family and it's uh it's really fun and it's over the top to the point where you just like totally lose yourself in watching it so do you think I would like this show? No. Oh. <laughs> Why not? Um, I think it's too soap opera for you. 
Mm. Like, it's too ridiculous. Things don't get explained. Things don't get finished up. And I know that you find it very important to have loose ends tied up and things explained and that kind of thing. I think it's important for writers to follow through on things they start. Yes. They don't? Uh, Not always, no. And things will come back from previous seasons and... People get killed off just because it's convenient, and then they come back from the dead, and there's no real explanation of where they went, so I feel like you'd find this show very frustrating. Is it ridiculous to the point where it's kind of satirical and silly, or is A little it... bit. Okay. A little bit. Like, it's almost like they've done this modern retelling of a soap opera, but they understand that soap operas are ridiculous, and so they do absolutely everything they can to really, like take it to the furthest degree and it doesn't take itself very seriously this whole show have you seen all of them that have been released thus far yes and you love it i do love it it's fun i was actually really excited when it came up and i had to finish watching some other things that i was watching to i'm trying not to watch four shows at once i'm trying to kind of finish stuff and then start on new stuff but the great and Dynasty were both two shows that I just started watching as soon as they came out. I don't think I'll ever watch Dynasty, but The Great looks kind of much more interesting. It's even just to like satisfy your film nerd like love of really beautiful movies. It's very much um almost like an art piece cuz the costumes and the sets and the design and everything of The Great are very beautiful to look at. So we can watch all of Dynasty now on Netflix? Yes. All right. Everyone's probably going to go run out right now and get it. So they're like, I don't want to watch a sad Japanese movie. I want Richies. <laughs> Richies. Is that what they called them in the show? No. So I guess that is the Dynasty, is where this money and wealth goes in this family? The Carrington Dynasty, yes. Where does their money come from? Um, Oil. Where does it take place? Atlanta. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. It's the oil tycoons, and then um, there's just extreme wealth everywhere, and that's part of what makes it so ridiculous, is that it's like nothing is ever explained as to why, you know, or how things are possible. You just assume that because they are so rich, they can pay anybody to do anything or get anything. So it's uh, one of those things where you can kind of suspend that question of how did they afford this, that would be so expensive Mm -hmm. people can't do that they are so uber wealthy that it's just like anything's possible all right well go check it out right now check it out on netflix i think you tend to watch shows and movies about rich people and i I tend to watch shows and movies about poor people (laughs) but i'm gonna dabble a little bit in your world for my next pick and also something i think you're going to like welcome to my world so there's some richies in it but some not so richies And this is a little show, you may have heard of it, called Gilmore Girls. Oh, I love Gilmore Girls. Me too. (laughs) So in case you're not familiar, Gilmore Girls was a TV show that ran from about 2000 to 2006 and was all wrapped up. But then many years later, Netflix came along and did another season. And it was a season that was done in a very different way because it was almost like four 90-ish minute movies one for each season of a year and it was encapsulated one year in these characters lives yeah. the we'll final talk... year almost they all yep they all yeah. die at the end no they don't <laughs> spoiler everyone died there is a asteroid that hits earth at the end of the last episode stars hollow too especially stars hollow oh, no because it's very 
hollow because a star ran into it. That's where it got its name from the future. It all makes it all sense. <laughs> so if you're not familiar with the story, it is about a single mother named Lorelai Gilmore and her daughter, Lorelai Jr. But the kids don't call her Lorelai. They call her Loju. Rory. <laughs> Rory. Yeah. I like Loju. Lorelai Jr. Because she is a Lorelai. She is a Lorelai. Yeah. And Lorelai, the senior, comes from a very wealthy family, but due to her actions and how she lives her life, she's kind of had a split with her parents long ago and took it upon herself to raise a child starting at the age of, I think it's, she's 16 or 17 when she They're has- 16 years apart. Has Loju. Loju. <laughs> and we pick it up 16 years after this because Rory is a 16-year-old. She is a very- studious, serious, and smart person when we first meet her. Lorelai, her mother, is much more free-spirited, but still very driven. And I think both of them, we could kind of fall into that realm of strong, independent women that we see on TV. Mm -hmm. I was going to say a lot, but not all that often, actually. Rory is kind of like a, a Hermione before Hermione. Yeah, I think it was one of the first kind of examples of women being okay by themselves that I remember seeing on television. Mm. It was something that I kind of watched with my mom, Gilmore Girls, when it was on TV and we just catch an episode here and there. And I think that this was uh, such a good example of women, you know, getting by on their own. Yeah, because it is just that. It's she has left her wealthy life because she wants to live life on her own terms and she's not willing to compromise on that. And due to her drive and intelligence, she's made a very successful life for herself. Of course, not in the eyes of her parents because they think like, oh, you just run an inn. But she's a business owner and many of us would think that she's very successful, but she never quite lives up to the expectations of her family. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't have enough money to give her daughter the life that she wants in some ways because she is brilliant and is going to be going to some very expensive private institutions for education. And that's where kind of the crux of the story comes because she needs money. And this comes from Lorelai's mother. And there's some stipulations on that money uh -huh. to help out Rory go to school. But the show takes place in a town called Stars Hollow. It's and in Connecticut? Yes. Yes. Yeah, because it's not far from Hartford, but it's a fictional town. It's very much like Schitt's Creek that we talked about. Yeah, it's this idyllic little world with lots of oddballs and uh, just people who fit in because this little ecosystem allows them to. Yeah, it's each person is quirkier than the next. A lot of them pretty annoying, but still lovable in their way. Also, not a lot of racial diversity, but it's Connecticut. There isn't a lot. That's true. <laughs> and it's also kind of like like Springfield from The Simpsons, where everyone's just always out walking around. You could just like leave your front door and you're just going to run into friends of yours just walking around town. One of the other things that the show is very noted for is how the characters speak. They're very quick and quick-witted as well they're fast to make jokes and there's a lot of referential humor and just references dropped constantly oh, so constantly. you have to be on top of things and they just speak so fast traditionally in television and film one page in a script 
equates to about one minute of screen time but this show is very different you could get probably two or three pages of script and it fills up one minute because they're talking so fast it's rapid fire i remember my first feature the first draft the one of the producers looked at the script and said it's very uh, gilmore girls I took that as a compliment. He did not mean it as one, though. <laughs> that is a compliment. Yeah. It just meant um, your characters talk way too much and everyone's too clever. And I was like, yeah, I guess. That's kind of what I was going for, though. Yeah, but... that Gilmore Girls feel. It's definitely a fun show to watch because you feel like you're in on the jokes. Mm. If you're paying attention, you get the references. You feel like you're kind of in the in the crowd there. Yeah, and I feel like it gets criticized for that, of like, well, people don't talk like that. And I was like, yeah, but it's TV. Uh-huh. You don't watch a sci-fi show and go like, oh, people don't talk that dramatically. And I was like, yeah, I know, it's a sci-fi show. Yeah, that's the setting and the, the world. Or those Sorkin TV shows and West Wing and stuff. They're mm-hmm. walking, talking all over the place, but it's acceptable because it's political figures and not just teenage girls. Exactly, but yeah. really, if you talk to people... Teenage girls talk way faster and with more references than any sort of politician. And over each other. I remember my mom always saying, like, this is how you and your friends talk. Because it's just a mile a minute. We're all talking at the same time. And it's just, like, inside jokes and things that you kind of have to just know in order to be part of the, the conversation. So I think it is, like, real if they're both teenage girls. Yeah, except everyone's much more well-read. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And it's really easy to kind of dismiss Gilmore Girls as being one of those like CW and those other networks. I don't actually know them all. But those types of shows where it's really about like, oh, who's the love interest? Which boyfriend did you like most? And a lot of people watch it on that level. And that's fine, too. Do you have a boyfriend that you liked most? I was a big Jess fan. Oh, Jess is a terrible human being. (laughs) (laughs) I was a big Jess fan because he was the cutest. No argument on that. Yeah. He is... Um, that com- bad boy, messed up hair, like, yeah. dark side look. That yeah, but was, also yeah. an asshole. Also an asshole, yes. Anyway, so you'll get a lot of people who are really into the show based on things like that, but I feel like that's not fully appreciating all the great stuff that there is in the show. Because really what it comes down to, this show is a show about uh, love between these two characters, so the titular Gilmore Girls, the mother and daughter. Yes. Because there's even parts in the show where there's almost like a breakup between them. Like they have a fight. Mm -hmm. And when they get back together, that's way more important than any of the romantic stories on the show. It's the story of the two of them, how the older teaches the younger and vice versa a lot of the time too. Because Rory is almost the more mature one in the relationship. In a lot of ways, yes. So she often ends up kind of swooping in and saving the day and being responsible and telling her mom what she needs to do in order to, like, be successful in whatever the problem is that week. (laughs) And I know with my last few picks of movies, I'm kind of been against that, like, escapist type watch. Mm -hmm. But you know what? A lot of people want to disappear into a show. And at its core, Gilmore Girls is a very nice show. If you need some stress relief and you don't want to watch really heavy stuff about cycles of poverty in Japan or Rio de Janeiro, you can watch this. You can put it on. You'll be carried away to Stars Hollow, this impossibly quaint, perfect little place where your neighbors are going to mow your lawns. The diner is going to open up for you whenever you need something, make you exactly what you want. And there's festivals every day and everyone can kind of like poke fun at each other, but nothing gets too serious. Mm -hmm. There's no racism or homophobia. It's just a nice place to be. 
this town is kind of like a representation of what you would want a family to be. Mm-hmm. It's very idyllic. And it makes sense that it would be like that because the characters don't have the family that they want. Yeah. Right? So they kind of get that from this town. So how many seasons of Gilmore Girls are there? I can't actually... It's been a while since I've watched it. There were seven full seasons and then we have that and Netflix season, which is kind of like a few movies, really. What were your favorite things about this show? Definitely when Rory goes to Chilton the super fancy private school that her grandparents get her into. Um, I loved Luke and Lorelai's relationship throughout the show. And uh, Suki. Oh, you like Suki, huh? I love Suki. Who would have thought that Suki would have the biggest career out of everyone on that show? That's so crazy. But she's fabulous. Um, And it's so much fun to have that kind of person in Lorelai's life who's even more of a mess in some ways Mm -hmm. um, than Lorelai is. But with a heart of gold. But with a heart of gold. Lots of hearts of gold on this yes. show. What were your favorite parts of this show? I feel like it's so hard for me to pick parts in that sense. Like, of course, those years were great. Her time on working at the newspaper was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. You get introductions to characters that you love and some that you hate. One that was surprising to me was I hated the character of Paris for so long because she's just so terrible. Yeah. But I kind of grew to respect her in a way. Mm -hmm. I think the character gains more depth as time goes on. Oh, definitely. She definitely gets more writing behind her and more like opportunity almost. I think as the stories go on, because of course... I'm sure when you start writing a TV show, you're not planning on seven seasons. So they have to start elaborating and creating new things that they didn't expect to. But the show kind of shows that there's not one way to do things. Mm-hmm. That different methods to get to an endpoint are all just as legitimate. And I feel like a lot of the criticism it gets... We have this idea of if there's a show about a strong, independent woman, Mm -hmm. and they use that phrase so often, that any types of weakness are seen as regressive and problematic. Mm -hmm. So they're like, oh, see, this show isn't feminist because this character had a bad choice. But that's so unfair. They're held to such a higher standard. Like, I feel like if it was the same character and you look at Mad Men. Don Draper does something bad. He's complex, mm-hmm. which is true and fair. He is, and it's a brilliant show. I yes. think one of the best shows ever made. But when Rory, especially, she makes some very questionable choices and does things that you're like, why would you do that? That's dumb. And because of that, the show is seen as like, see, it's not feminist because she did this. And that's so unfair because she's just a child for mm-hmm. much of it and making mistakes. And if Everyone has to be absolutely perfect to represent a group. It's it's just not fair. It's like how I always talk about how a black filmmaker has to represent all black people. Yeah. Since we have so few representations of, of these types of characters that they have to speak for all women, which is not fair no. at all. And I feel like you're not allowing people to be human and make mistakes then because everybody makes mistakes. It's not for Lorelai and Rory to be perfect all the time. In order to be feminist, right? Like, yeah. you're gonna make mistakes in your life, especially if you're 16 or a single mother or whatever. It's just part of being human. And I feel like because they are held up as characters that I'm sure a lot of viewers idolize and say, like, I wish I was like this more. Anytime they do something that is 
what you would consider the wrong choice it's much more personal of like why would they do that it's like your your mother doing something like yeah. that right because this is who you're looking up to uh the very last season the netflix season ends i won't say how it ends mm-hmm. but so many people said like well that one little thing the single last line of the show they claim ruins the entire show which i would love to break down with okay can we do one minute for spoilers if yes. you haven't seen gilmore girls fast forward just one minute we're entering the spoilers yeah i'll talk really fast okay we're gonna do just one minute of spoilers so if you haven't seen the show and you want to you're gonna fast forward one minute from right now so at the end rory is pregnant and she tells her mother this and people are like well now that's she's thrown her life away which, first of all, no, pregnancy does not end your life. No. Also, she's a woman in her 30s, a relatively successful, but very smart, very capable woman in her 30s. A child is not going to ruin her life. And also, that's what Lorelai did as a 16-year-old, and it did not ruin her life. It made her life that much richer. This entire show was about how her life was not ruined by this pregnancy at 16, It was about how this is the most meaningful relationship she's ever had in her life. So if you think about pregnancy ruining this character's life, it's like you haven't been paying attention to the last seven seasons. It did not ruin the last seven seasons, but in fact just kind of brings it full circle. Honestly, I didn't love the ending, but I think saying it ruined it is very reductive. One minute over. And and rant rant over. Rant over. (laughs) That's fair, right? That's fair. I'm a little passionate about Gilmore Girls. It's a show I, I really like. <laughs> All right. Well, that is my final pick. Go check out Gilmore Girls. All seven seasons plus the bonus ending of A Year in the Life, I believe it was called, are all available on Netflix right now. Perfect. I know we've been looking for things to like rewatch almost. We got into Heroes for some reason and that show was terrible. Right, I wish terrible. we were just watching Gilmore Girls instead. But let's get into the main part of the episode. The reason and we're all here. Samantha is going to tell me which movie she has chosen for us to watch for next week. So I wanted to pick something um, that was a little more serious than what I usually pick. Um, I wanted to pick... Uh, like something newer, something that is easy to find. So this one isn't on streaming services, but because it's a newer release, it is available on demand. Um, and I think you can rent it from like YouTube and Amazon as well, if you wanted to. Uh, so this is the 2019 drama Bombshell. Um, it stars Charlize Theron, Nicole Kidman, and Margot Robbie, and it's based on, um, the accounts and the accusation of sexual harassment at the Fox News Network. It is an incredible cast of, um, female actors, um, and it also stars John Lithgow, Malcolm McDowell, and, um, Charles Randolph. So it's got a lot of really famous people who do a really good job of sinking into these roles and really becoming uh, the people that they're portraying who are real people. Um, And uh, I really enjoyed watching this movie, even though it was some very um, kind of uncomfortable content to watch. It was um, so well done and so well acted that I think uh, you're going to like it. I hope. <laughs> so you tend to pick a lot of things that came out quite recently. Mm-hmm. When did you see this? 
Um, I think I saw it Mother's Day, actually. So just a couple weeks ago. And you loved it immediately? I did. And it was something that I thought about for like days after. It really stuck with me. I ended up finding myself doing like research on the people who are um, being portrayed and uh, really kind of reading lots of nudist articles and everything about it. And it's just so compelling to watch. I'm interested because it is something, a story that I know. Because uh-huh. the, the, I've read articles about the, the real life events, but I actually didn't really know about this movie. I knew that they were making a movie. Uh-huh. I didn't know it came out already. I didn't know who was in it or anything like that. Are they all very blonde in the movie? Yes, they are because all very blonde. They that's all, a Fox News thing. They look like, you know, the classic Fox News anchor. All three of them. And um, they all do such a good job of being strong and also forcing themselves into that mold so that they can have a job. Mm-hmm. Because that's very much the kind of environment at Fox News is there's always someone blonder and prettier than you yeah. who can come up and take your spot. So it's uh, really amazing to see that environment and um, see how easy it is for the people at Fox News to kind of just let it all slip by and not ever say anything because it's status quo and nobody wants to lose their job it's big like fear culture when you just said that are you talking about the sexual harassment that we're talking about in the movie or are you talking about just what fox news puts out just generally because both (laughs) um it's definitely kind of what the movie is about is this fear culture and fear of speaking up and fear of kind of ruining your life Mm -hmm. by speaking up and just kind of soldiering on and toughening yourself up and pretending it didn't happen um but that's so very much what fox news is So I think it's really interesting to see those parallels that you pointed out. Yeah, because they're just like a very evil, I think is probably the best word to describe. Evil's a good word. Yeah. And then you kind of don't think about that people like this perhaps are the victims of the evil and not the perpetrators of Uh it. Because we see them on television saying terrible, very harmful things. Yes. But maybe this will kind of give us a little backstory and insight into that world. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I am um, I'm excited for you to see it. It's a little bit different from what I've been bringing you kind of lately. So uh, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on it. I don't want to give too much of it away, um, even though it is kind of a story that everyone knows already. It's um, got some really good moments in it that I don't really want to I don't really want to give away right now. Well, luckily we can do that next week. Excellent. Shall we watch a trailer today? <laughs> Let's watch then? the trailer. You have to adopt the mentality of an Irish street cop. The world is a bad place. People are lazy morons. Minorities are criminals. Sex is sick but interesting. Ask yourself what would scare my grandmother or piss off my grandfather. And that's a Fox story. Oh, it makes so much sense. Women are everywhere. We're letting them play golf and tennis now. HR's on the phone because you called me a skirt. Yeah, Yeah. I got to read that manual again. (laughs) The attitude off camera was even worse. You're a man-hater. Learn to get along with the boys. You're sexy, but you're too much work. I have a whole list. Will other women come forward? You may have heard there was a dust-up involving yours truly and presidential contender Donald Trump. There was blood coming out of her eyes, blood coming out of her wherever. Oh my god, did he just accuse me of anger menstruating? Wait, am I gonna be the story? No. No. I'm gonna be the story. No. No. 
Nobody stops watching because of a conflict. Fox News star Gretchen Carlson dropped a major bombshell today. What is she doing? This could kill Fox News. We need everyone on Team Roger. Get it on. Put it on. These are the end times. You do understand I have to be above this, right? You know the entire country is talking about your period right now. So you're a tough guy, like you really rough guy. Just can't get enough guy, just always so puff. Sweetheart, this is an island of safety and truth. There's a man! Ready to go to war? Oh, yeah. First thoughts after seeing the trailer? Even just seeing the trailer, I'm already like frustrated and angry. What? Oh, Ooh. not with the movie. Okay, it's like that like... situation, oh, yeah, right? Yeah, because yeah. it's just oftentimes if things were as blatant as they are in this world and in mm-hmm. this movie and in this trailer, I'd be like, oh, that's lazy writing. No one's that bad. But they are. Mm-hmm. That is a, This is what happened. Yes. So it's going to be, I'm sure it's going to be a lot of me being like angry at people. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm interested to watch. Uh, the director was the guy who used to do Austin Powers movies, and then he did Meet the Parents movies, but then he did Trumbo, and is starting to kind of get into like some true story, docudrama type stuff. So I think the director is very capable. The cast clearly is. They're... John Lithgow looks weird. I'm kind of scared. He I hope looks that's makeup. So different. I hope that's makeup because they're also worried <laughs> so, about John Lithgow. I watched this with my parents, and my stepdad said. Is that just what John Lithgow looks like now? Because he's also in The Crown, and he plays Sir Winston Churchill, and he he is all aged up as well there. So I'm actually not 100% sure if that's just what John Lithgow looks like now. Hmm. Because it's... I'll have to take a look. Like, I've only seen him in age makeup, or what I assume is age makeup, in the last probably five years. Well, Churchill, that's the world's most quotable genocidal maniac. Everyone loves Churchill. There we go. Terrible guy. It looks interesting. My biggest concern, I think, going into it is that when we discuss it, rather than discussing the movie and the merits of the film, Mm -hmm. we'll be talking about the the scandal more often because that's that's the movie, right? Yeah. I think we'll just have to be careful about not talking too much about scandal and talking about the movie. But why not? We could just talk about that. Oh, that's, absolutely. The movie is a conveyance for that, for information about mm-hmm. what happened, right? So, yeah, I'm uh, interested to watch. I don't know what more to say until we actually get into yeah. it. But it's a it's a good cast. We watched a longer trailer here, and the music choice was very odd. It was very strange. They put in Billie Eilish, and it was like all upbeat, and it was like, "Isn't this fun?" It's like, "No, not no, really, it's not at all." Like nothing <laughs> on the screen was fun or like sassy or peppy. Yeah, it was all very like dramatic, and it, it is a drama, so, so it should have had better choice of music. If I'm gonna criticize anything, it'd be the music choice in the trailer. But ever beyond that, I'm uh, I'm curious to see it. I remember when there was talks about making this movie and then I guess somehow it got by me and I never even knew it came out. Yeah. So I'm excited to watch it with you. Um and then I'm excited to talk about it after. All right. Well the movie is called Bombshell. It's from twenty nineteen and we are going to be talking about it in depth next week on the podcast. Yeah, perfect. Well, go find that. Um, I'm sure there's lots of places that you can get it. And uh, we will meet you back here next Monday. Bye, everyone. Bye.